Now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November, next to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is that beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country previous to their becoming a nation. Abraham Lincoln. Welcome, everyone. To this week's episode of Nympha Alumni. The theme is Thanksgiving. We haven't done, I think, a good seasonal episode, it feels, in a while, guys. And I think in some ways, this is in the vein of Christian Girl Autumn, but specifically around the Thanksgiving holiday. So we're going to talk about things like the phenomenon of living room glam, as well as Black Friday, obviously such a kind of huge shopping moment um, with a lot of, I guess, cultural resonance. And then also things like Pilgrim Stompers <laughs> and what else? Oh, and I guess the reason that we were really thinking about this besides obviously Thanksgiving coming up is the upcoming slasher film with Addison Ray that is called Thanksgiving and is essentially a slasher horror set around the idea of a thanksgiving carving board <laughs> so yeah that's what we're, what's that's why we're here yeah we we all love this holiday so much as you know we love to eat food and we love to celebrate american history um in corny and commercial ways and we just wanted to think about you know what thanksgiving means to us i think we yeah have like a we have like a kind of a fashion-y direction as well um specifically with the living room we can start with that yeah we should yeah like yeah i think a good way to get into that is like our episode with avery truffleman we talked about how there are certain occasions where one finds their personal style conflicting with you know duty obligation social codes and we used weddings as an example of that and we were kind of like trying to predict how gen z will approach wedding season but i think that the thanksgiving tradition is even more difficult to navigate um, from a fashion perspective because you know at a wedding like you kind of have to be like a real hater to be like looking at everyone's outfit at a wedding like it's kind of easy to like blend into the crowd and like pass under the radar but thanksgiving you're in such intimate quarters and people are bored and it's probably the one time a year they're going to see you. And that is going to represent, you know, everything about you and all of your developments in the past 365 days. So it is really a time when your identity comes into question and yeah, Thanksgiving fashion and living room glam. I was watching a bunch of TikToks this morning of like Thanksgiving outfit ideas and I was struck by just how like boring they were but I was like maybe that's the way to go it really doesn't seem like the time to take on risk yeah I think it's a couple steps down from anything that you would wear to a Christmas party mm -hmm. So it really does occupy a kind of limital formality space. Yeah. And you know that you'll be pictured with your nuclear family. And that's something that is so important. So there are some like pretty foolproof Thanksgiving fashion elements, such as a vest, which is like the Han Solo meme of like white girls looking like Han Solo in fall, a slouchy sweater or a tight turtleneck, knee-high boot, flannel, something velvet, Ripped jeans, which can be a classic conversation starter. There's a lot of brown leather, which is interesting to me because it's almost like you become the turkey or the football, like you yeah. embody it in a certain way. And also I've been wondering when I was looking at outfit inspo, like it seems like there's this unspoken code that wearing an actual dress seems like kind of verboten. Like Thanksgiving is all about separates, which I find fascinating. Do you guys think there's a reason for that? I think so. My theory is, and I do think a sweater dress is an exception, as Biz noted oh, in her yeah. yeah in her notes. Sweater dresses are a very classic Thanksgiving staple, but I do think the reason why separates tend to be 
a staple within Thanksgiving is because you need some sort of stretchiness to the bottoms that you're wearing because you're going to be eating a lot. Like you need to have jeans that you can unbutton the top button after your meal. You need to have like maybe a stretchy skirt. The sweater dress is quite stretchy. And then also like I know I do this in Thanksgiving. I always go and change into pajama pants after dinner. <laughs> that is like I think Shira Seven would have some words. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's I, so it's interesting. Very comfortable, yeah, though, you know, because it's like it. There are so many liminal spaces with living room glam because I was thinking about how the timeline of Thanksgiving feels like definitely an afternoon activity versus I think with Christmas, some people will have their living room present opening moment in the morning or like the early afternoon. But I feel like Thanksgiving can have a really drawn out timeline where you're like it's waiting so for the food to be done. Yeah. And so you're just like, you're, you really can't be in your jammas. Like there's no reason to be in your jammas mm-hmm. anymore. And then yeah, I guess you can retreat and go put your jammas on basically. But yeah, I think it has something to do with like the fact that Thanksgiving doesn't have a morning a morningness to it yeah i mean there are the the women of the family who definitely start in the morning but yeah the time that it like starts where you're like expected to start showing up is like often three or four p.m or something which is just like what are we doing yeah they're also like i think christmas also can have a pretty late night glam vibe if you do yeah. midnight mass or if you're the type of family that like celebrates on christmas eve more which my family is but thanksgiving is like you can go home pretty late i mean i think I only have one side of the family that's American and we celebrate with them sometimes, but oftentimes it's just us. But we always, regardless of who we're celebrating with, take a long nap after dinner or lunch or whatever time it is. So I feel like the things, the post meal Thanksgiving nap is very much routine. Mm. It's just like an odd thing. And it's also, I do want to highlight how humiliating Thanksgiving glam feels, especially (laughs) if you're like celebrating it in your like home. Oh my God. Because if you're going to someone else's house, like it, you know, that feels a little bit more appropriate to dress up for, but I just have these like jarring flashbacks of walking into the kitchen at eight o'clock in the morning on Thanksgiving day and seeing my mom in like falsies (laughs) with her hand up a turkey you know, and like being like, what is going on? And she's just sweating with a turkey baster. Like, we got to get going. Like, the people are coming at two o'clock. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, she's wearing, like, she's contoured up, like wearing heels yeah. in the kitchen. So it's something very strange to just go into your own living room dressed up to the nines or just having really nice makeup, you know? We should definitely talk about the makeup aspect because I think the meme that we've all seen for living room glam is a meme of Patrick Starr wearing really long acrylics and false eyelashes and it's like when you get all dressed up to go sit in your living room and I think the emphasis on when you really define what yeah what makes it so weird what is living room glam it is wearing the full b in your living room you know it's not the nice outfit necessarily Mm -hmm. it definitely is the makeup but that's so true I had some like you know, I was feeling really poetic about this last night. So actually, Alexi, there is a re- really great connection here, which is I was saying, like, when I think of the living room glam beat, I think of really warm tones and, mm-hmm. and kind of the classic naked palette delight. And then I wrote here, we're talking a smoky eye, so golden brown and delicious, it rivals the sweet potato casserole, which is the same thing as trying to dress like the turkey or the football. Yeah. And yeah, it feels like there is that moment where you are descending your stairs almost as if like you're going to prom, like there's like a moment of anticipation, but then I guess you land in like the lazy boy chair and then hair. And then you also, you also have, like, I think another thing that makes it unsettling is it feels like there's always an element of skin makeup. Yeah. Whereas I think if someone was just doing like a glam eye with no face foundation but it always has that that kind of full coverage look and that's what i think makes it living room glam at the end of the day and then hair as well it feels yeah you gotta curl your i hair. guess quite similar to christian girl autumn in the way that we see the spiral curls or something that it has to be sound like a hot tool you know it can't mm-hmm. it can't be mm-hmm. like anything else maybe you could get away with like a messy bun if it had the volume you know yeah, and if you said if you were if you were good at that sort of thing. Um, 
yeah, that's that's really beautiful. I don't want to sound too much like a really stupid tweet, but you know the the tweets that are like, why do Thanksgiving, Thursday, the month of November, and like the color orange have the same vibe? But like they really do, and I think it's they all the same vibe. It all has to do with like the golden hour before things kind of come to a close. Like you're almost yeah. at the weekend, you're almost at Christmas time, you're almost at the end of the year, but it's like 4 p.m. It's kind of chilly, but it's not freezing cold. The light is beautiful. The chicken is brown. Um, and <laughs> yeah, there is something really nice about that. But I, I do also want to acknowledge the sensory hell that can be Thanksgiving. Like, I think the the discomforting or humiliating parts of living room glam for me are often just like the density of people in in a home sometimes. Like, I feel like the Thanksgivings I've been to, to be fair, like I have a pretty small nuclear family and like none of us are American truly. So like we would always join another family. So it would be like an extended family member. Um, but I feel like it was always a lot of people like you're sitting kind of on the couch and eating a plate. Like there's not enough for not enough room at the table type of vibe. And yeah, eating with a full beat is hard because like obviously your lipstick's going to get messed up. And also you, you have as well. Yeah. And I think as a young woman, especially people like pay special attention to like how much you eat. Like if you don't eat enough, they're like, you better eat more. Type yeah. Of vibe. I've definitely seen a lot of content around navigating issues with eating or like issues with eating that are put onto you as a woman around mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's also I feel like your family lacks a lot of normal social graces when commenting upon your appearance you know what I mean like they can kind of just tell you straight up if they think like you're eating too much or eating too little um which can be quite you know uh disconcerting and um impactful especially if you are a young woman um but the thing about Thanksgiving is that I find it really interesting that there are celebrations across the world that resemble it. Like, I think it's very random to me that Canada has a Thanksgiving. I think Australia does, which is crazy. Um, But it does feel like very ancient pagan, you know, harvest festival. We talked about this in Christian Girl Autumn, but, you know, after the toils of the summer and the spring and trying to plant your seeds and harvest it and celebrate it together and throw this big party to kind of celebrate abundance. It's interesting that we still have those routines in our society, even though we're so far removed from anything agrarian or anything connected to what we consume and what we eat. Weirdly enough, I was going to talk about this. We can get, get back to Thanksgiving, the horror movie. I just wanted to touch on this because I think it's interesting I think that like Thanksgiving meal preparation is the closest that we have in our society to almost like a cleaning wild game because it's like a very brutal and gruesome process. Like Thanksgiving meal preparation is really gross. There's so many like jiggly jelly things like viscera involved and like the kitchen counter looks like a surgical table. It's like the turkey baster, the meat thermometer, the carving knife, the gravy separator. It's just like, um, like you're dressing like wild game and are involving yourself in this like incredibly like visceral process, which feels very connected to almost like, like I just, uh, I think it's like a, a way to kind of reconnect with like the kind of grossness of like what it means to kind of obtain food yeah. and obtain, obtain abundance in a realistic and natural way. And I also think it's very appropriate that they're making a horror movie about it because it is kind of a visceral holiday. I think even the connection with, the colors matching the football and the turkey. Like, I think it's like a very strange and visceral holiday for that reason. Yeah, there's really, really no other time know. where you're expected to put your hand into like a bird cavity. Like even people don't even like know how to roast chickens anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's, I think there is, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess some people do and it's, it's a delicious food, but I think, yeah, people <laughs> have less and less connection to like the, the beat, the, the bones and the, them like the marrow the biological the, reality like, ligaments for sure of, yeah yeah food. it's a time when you're yeah. expected to really confront that and also the collaborative nature like i think that was my first time learning that valuable lesson where it's like 
to be useful, sometimes you should just get out of the way. Oh, yeah. Another thing that kind of the realities of certain things start setting in on Thanksgiving is like obviously the gender differences. Mm -hmm. My family is a big football family. My dad loves the Cowboys, of course. He's a Texas guy. Um, And the Cowboys home game is every Thanksgiving. And so he's definitely going to be sitting and watching that. And me and my sisters, we got older, we would go in the kitchen, like help prepare the food while my dad and guests would kind of sit in the living room and watch TV for a bit. Um, So it was like a life milestone type thing. Like once me and my sister got old enough, we were introduced into the kitchen. And I think it can be kind of dicey territory, especially if you have like resentment in your marriage and something like that. I don't know. It it can be like certain realities start setting in on holidays like this. But I will say, like I will propose this like great domestic lesson my mom passed down to me, which is that the cook does not clean. So, yeah, so So that, that is, um, that, that kept a lot of peace in my household, I think. While your parents are still together. Yeah. I'm very in love. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I kind of want to talk about like my Black Friday thesis. Oh. I have this kind of thesis about Black Friday, which I've always hated vibe wise, even when I was young. I did go to Black Friday once when I was a kid. Uh, got to Walmart really early and the deals were not even that good. And my mom was just like, why did we like stand in line for hours for like a TV that was $10 off? But anyways, I think like the vibe is spiritually anti-Thanksgiving. And so I did some investigation (gasps) into the Puritans and the Pilgrims as I tend to do on my free time. But I realized that Black Friday is resembles some of the origins of like American exceptionalism and very much is again, like a, comes against that idea in an interesting way. I think um, American culture has relied really heavily on the myth of the pilgrims to build their identity. And they're always pitted against the earlier settlers of the Virginia Company, who obviously settled in Virginia. And the Virginia Company is oftentimes characterized as this like godless mercantiles who came to America solely to exploit the land for material gain. And then the pilgrims came and they saw themselves as these religious refugees escaping the tyranny of the Church of England and coming to the promised land to purify themselves in this like harsh wilderness of, of the, of the American, you know, the uncolonized America. Mm -hmm. And like this narrative of these like refugees fleeing to a shining city on the hill for the idea of American exceptionalism and the myth of Thanksgiving is almost this like biblical one that anoints America as the promised land and the pilgrims broke bread in order to anoint the American experiment as something that has moral connotation. And that was kind of always seen as in opposition with like the godless mercantilism of the Virginia company. And within this context, and although the pilgrims and the Puritans, they definitely like facilitated mercantilism, colonization, pillaging, all the horrible things that we associate with American colonization, there was like a vibe to it that really sold, like they really won hearts and minds. And I feel like the Puritans and the pilgrims are almost like target in the commercial world because they're like selling you discounted shit and definitely like, (laughs) are it's like definitely like a commercial entity, but it's like a discounted table wreath. It's anointed with the American dream. And then the Virginia company is like Walmart selling discounted television sets the next day. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Or is that just like, it kind of does. It, it, it really highlights the contrast between the, like, I don't know, something about the Thanksgiving to Black Friday transition kind of gives like the purge to me. Yeah. Like when the young people bravely depart from their, the safety of their home full of their whole family to like enter this, lawless territory in the middle of the night like i've never i've done the black friday thing once and i didn't really have anything i wanted i just thought that i should do it once in my life but yeah it it does it is representative of american culture but it's just so um it's so dark darkly coded to me yeah even black friday you know yeah, especially the fact that like it's on like thanksgiving evening and like it's claiming so many people who like need to work on black friday you know mm-hmm. yeah exactly it's like those people should obviously be with their families yeah i've been in thanksgivings where like people are like well i have to go work black friday yeah 
I've done, I've worked Black Friday at Macy's <gasps> once. No. <laughs> yeah, when kidding. I worked at the shoe department. Just, I should have mentioned that in a shoe diva episode. I was, uh, I was one of the people that worked at the shoe department at Macy's. I was a seasonal employee, like fresh out of high school. That's and, crazy. Yeah. It was, it, How were your sales on that day? Um, they weren't really, it was like tw- towards the end of like the Black Friday era where it's like kind of flopping by then. Mm. Um, they were yeah, okay. Transitioning to... <gasps> Sorry. Yeah, it was it like was Cyber like, Monday territory. Exactly. Yeah. And I like I know that Black Friday flopped because of the move to, you know, the digital marketplace, but I also just want to hang on to this idea that Black Friday also flopped because it's like anti-Thanksgiving. It's anti the myths and mythology of America. Like it's totally vibeless. You know what I mean? It has I would no I would vibe. love to believe that, but I think that it is the dark heart of our country. And I think that the only reason it fell off is because of profit loss. Um yeah. and realizing that it's not worth the like reduction in morale just to just to get stuff like that. And it's just like bad PR for stores. Like you really don't want to associate yourself with customers who are like beating each other and doing shit like that. It's true. People have died so many times. Yeah, just it's there's a lot of violent associations with Black Friday. Yeah, and I think like it's one of those things that post COVID, I don't foresee doing making like an amazing comeback. Like mm-hmm. you just don't want to be in a crowd like that anymore. Also, like the I saw that they're making like a movie series about the Itaewon crowd crush incident that happened last Halloween, which kind of seems like really oh, yeah. too soon. But that oh, had like a yeah. similar. I don't know. That was like infinitely tragic, but well, the Thanksgiving horror movie that's coming out has a Black Friday plot line, which is <gasps> apparently that there's a sort of te- there's it takes place in Plymouth, which I find very cool. <laughs> um, and um, there's some sort of like Black Friday plot where it's like the the town tragedy was that there was like some riot last like last thanksgiving was the black friday riot and like a bunch of people died or something and like patrick dempsey is like shooting a gun into the air or whatever and like um so i think eli roth really understands the spirit of thanksgiving and like the darkness within it yeah i do think that also like as a society we're becoming more antisocial and more distrustful of like the american public's ability to like govern themselves like i think there's been a massive popularity of shows like the walking dead and like the last of us that has instilled in people this um weird attitude of just like kind of being wannabe preppers and kind of just like fantasizing about doomsday and being like solo yeah well i mean it's very um i was thinking about this too when i was thinking about the puritans and the pilgrims and um I'm rereading O Pioneers by Willa Cather and just the idea of American families and how America is this melting pot where all of these immigrants kind of left their countries and came here and established themselves. To me, that feels very like strange, especially in a time when you couldn't really contact your family or your roots because there was no phones. There was just like boats and shit. There was no planes. And I'm just kind of like. That's very isolating. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of why America has that like nuclear family vibe is that since its origin, people have been coming here by like kind of separating themselves from their roots and isolating themselves from their extended family and just trying to build a unit in the wilderness. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like Black Friday. We're like the Cyber Monday generation, I feel. Yeah. Like, I definitely feel like the first time I experienced, like, a lust for Black Friday would have been, like, a Cyber Monday Urban Outfitters sale. But once again, I mean, I've never participated in a Black Friday in-person event. It, it, it seems like it's one of those things that's, like, really good for the things that furnish the American home, like a plasma screen TV. Yeah, it's always you know about the flat I mean? like, I think that's what you... And the air fryer. You, you gotta... Yeah, you get a stock on those things. But in terms of, like, our audience, I'm not so sure. That's even more like um, the the vibe of it. TVs feel like the number one commodity sold on Black Friday. And it's all just, like, a ruse to separate you from your family, I feel like. Because the television kind of makes it hard for you to kind of... I'm just like, who doesn't already have a TV? Like, how are people still going so crazy over TVs? Or like, are you just yeah. desperate to? I was actually saying like, we must be having like TV inflation now. 
As in, there's too many TVs. I just bought, like, a super huge smart TV for $60 on Amazon. Yeah. So it's like, there's no way I'm going to go to Best Buy. Like, no way in hell. You got to love a smart TV, Yeah, I think big TVs used to just be, like, $1,000 or something. And it Mm -hmm. used to be kind of the centerpiece of the home. Yeah. But now, I don't know if I'm just being a coastal elite, but it's not... Like, I don't know. Every apartment that I've lived in hasn't had a TV. And everyone's like, wow, that's so classy. Yeah, I agree. I will... I will say it feels almost like, you know, how there's that, um, that meme of when you walk into like a suburban family's home and they have like three yeah. fridges, <laughs> like it feels kind of like true. that. That's true. Well, that's, that's the thing. The, the master bedroom will usually have its own TV, right? Yeah. Yeah. My parents had a TV in their room. I think later in my life though, because my mom was like anti-TV for a while and we didn't have cable until I was like. I've been really wanting to do. I saw Priscilla early, not to flex, but one of the few good things about it was that the interiors were really beautiful and it reawoken me this like desire to have one of those like floor TV sets that's like quite small and boxy. Oh yeah. But that has like really kind of glamorous design and just like play YouTube videos on it all the time. Cause like I think the the old function of TV where it's like you don't really have a choice, there are like two channels and it just you can hope that it's playing something vibey, like a music video or like a cartoon. I really like that. And I think like some of my most foundational TV memories weren't like when I like had something on DVR, but it would be like when you're, you know, counting down the minutes to when something that you want to watch is starting or you randomly like come across like a really good documentary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, whenever you're kind of, at the will of the television schedule, it, it feels very liberating because you don't have the responsibility of choosing. Oh, totally. It used to be quite educational. Like I love, I used to love PBS. Um, I think we need to bring back that like randomosity. Like we have way too much choice on what to watch these days. It's true. I yeah, like I watched mostly just PBS and Animal Planet growing up. Yeah, that was a classic. Because that, that was all that was on my TV. <laughs> but, um, now Animal Planet just plays like essentially like cute cat videos. Yeah, it's true. It's really sad. It's definitely nice to settle into blase programming and enjoy it. Like I remember in high school, every single day of my senior year, I think, I would come home and I would watch the Food Network on my sister's television in her room that was like a a TV that had been quite, I guess, chic when it was purchased in like 2004 or something, like a flat screen. And that was quite kind of retro feeling in a way. And it was just so nice to know what you were going to watch every single day and know that that's just like what you were going to get. Like you weren't there. I wasn't going to opt out of that. No way. Until I really decided to get yeah, up. Twitch streamers kind of occupy that role now where like you can't, like when you tune in is when you tune in and you just have to catch up. But also there are too many of them. Yeah. Like. We should start our own TV station. Telfar did Yeah, that. Telfar TV was quite cool. Something about Telfar TV seems like the antithesis of Black Friday because it was basically concepted to allow people to buy bags without bots and resellers snatching them all up. So it's like, yeah, you would see the code on Telfar, Telfar TV and then from there you'd be able to go purchase a bag. But like, also, I feel like if there was a Telfar Black Friday, it would go crazy. Yeah. As in, if there was a live Telfar sale of that extent. I think the thing was with Cyber Monday and like that type of shopping. I also do a lot of sample sales. So I do kind of engage with like the real life shoppiness vibe. But the thing about Cyber Monday is that they brands just like kind of start it whenever. And they just like, like brands always are on sale. So it doesn't feel... Yeah. quite amazing anymore it doesn't feel like you know you're coming home with a bounty of amazing deals like everything's always on sale i'm like always getting emails about things being like 70 percent off yeah that's the doll's kill effect i mean that's the thing also you know this is a i think a time-worn take but sales are kind of a means to draw in and make underprivileged customers like spend more money you know what i mean like they're kind of a psychological ruse. yeah the sense of urgency yeah. yeah but i think something about online has taken that urgency away because you're like i'm probably gonna get a text in like three days that's like we've extended cyber monday to like actually a month from now yeah. so try February. yeah it's just like you can take your chances and 
it's everyone knows how to how to get deals i think at this yeah. point you don't have to cut stuff out of the newspaper i'm really i really admire people that still do coupons though oh, i coupon i coupon like crazy oh. yeah there's something so womanly about back in the day when people would just have like a sense of when a sale would be coming up because they were more timed around holidays not in a black friday sense but in like labor day sense mm. or the change of seasons like i feel like my grandma would have this like innate sense of like when a sale was coming up but now they're all at the time mm-hmm. so you don't really get to have that that womanly premonition of a sale coming yeah i mean i think we all understood one day like just clicked for everybody that sales happen when the seasons change because they need to get rid of their stock and like stock their fall collections you know you know what i mean but that's kind of a strange way of also yeah it's like kind of ancient pagan ritual type thing of switching seasons and you know the changes of the earth and nature but now all that we measure it by is by restocks yeah. it reminds like, me of like the, that ancient like geopolitical nature of of going to the mall that we spoke about in the sugar cookie yeah sales are like, yes sales do have like this ancient vibe to them in that way but I do, yeah, I'm still very mm-hmm. anti. We need to bring back sign spinners. I saw a really good sign spinner on TikTok and I was like, you know what? Maybe that would make me go in. I am still very anti Black Friday, I think. Yeah. That's I good. think I'm so glad it flopped. Like it really is so, such an, like an anti vibe, even like the name Black Friday and like. Just yeah, evil. it gives like spooky. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Halloween's over. It reminds me of Black Phillip. It does. Like the or Bloody the, Mary the goat and the <laughs> witch. Yeah. <laughs> it, it sounds like Bloody Mary. It does. I really, I really think it was, but it obviously was successful for decades. Yeah. Wasn't it? Well, I think it was more just like a proto clickbaity type thing. Yeah. Also, it's like. People have too much social... I feel like the younger generation have social anxiety that they're contending yeah. with. Like, they'd be like... They would not be willing to throw down at a Marshalls with, like, some other lady and, like, have, get oh, into a no, bag no, fight no, because they're no. trying to get the same, like... Like, I don't know, like, HDMI cord for $2 or something, you know? <laughs> like, they'd be like, they'd be like, excuse me, I'm sorry, like, my social anxiety. No, 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 you go first, you go for, like, that type of thing, you know? Like... I know. Should we... I just want to talk about the Thanksgiving monoculture and Thanksgiving Americana, you know, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, Mm. the Macy's Parade, the Norman Rockwell vibe that can occur around this time of year. Where should we start? Do do we want to talk about the Macy's Parade? It's Mm. so like lowest common denominator unification. I also live in Midtown now, so I feel like I can... I don't know. I should go. I... My friends went to see a K-pop group sing on a float, um, which is something that happens more and more often. I'm also a big fan of FAO Schwartz, the big toy store, which seems kind of like associated. I love department yeah. store holiday traditional vibes, like the movie Carol. And I think that this is something that we can actually make pretty chic. Like it's so pure boomer crack. Peak viewership of the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade was in 1993 and it's kind of gone downhill from there. But I think that's why it has like a kind of 90s nostalgia feel of that era of like Northeastern traditions, such as like Friends and Gilmore Girls and stuff. Yeah, it reminds me of wearing corduroys or something. Yeah, it's like you just want to put a baby in a sailor costume and have them like wave an American flag. Well, the thing is, is that I feel like entertainment, our threshold for entertainment is so high now. I think about that this. such a snooze. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you watch, yeah. you watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade and it just, it's visually not very interesting because it's just one big ass balloon. And then the crowd is kind of just, it just, I, I get like uh, frustrated by it because it just looks like an uncomfortable situation. But like back in the day, like parades were all the rage. That was the coolest yeah. thing that happened in your town. And yeah, now I think, our threshold is much higher. I was thinking yeah. another rereading O Pioneers thing is like the characters keep like staring at pictures. Like they will like stare at like an illustration for like hours because they're just like, wow, like this is such good entertainment to just stare at this illustration. But like now we have like TikTok. <laughs> I don't know. You should totally make a like Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, but with like subway surfers on the bottom type of thing. I think that would sell really well. Yeah, you'd have to be really talented. You'd have to be a really talented announcer to make the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade like interesting. It also just reminds me of like morning shows, I guess, mm, which yes. that type of stuff is so like when I talked to like 
the most like normal normal people from my hometown who just like don't get new york they're just like as soon as they find out that i live here they're like do you go to good morning america every day and i'm like no why would i do that i feel like you um, should though but maybe yeah. you should. i i have been to good morning america because a k-pop group was performing like k-pop groups are kind of keeping this thing going because they always have a k-pop group at the macy's day parade yeah. now yeah, because they definitely they crowds. they're also kind of entering the institution as well, right? Like I feel like it's very K-pop to go almost like the traditional route. Yeah. You know, going on like Good Morning America and that sort of thing. I think coming back to our overall thesis of the ancientness of the Thanksgiving feeling, as a child, one of my favorite things to do was watching the on on the television, the crowds either at specifically, I would say with the ball dropping for New Year's in New York, but like I was just always thinking about how everyone must be so cold, and I would love to see them on camera. I thought it was so interesting seeing them like blowing hot air into their hands and stuff like that. Like I definitely think there's something there about watching people kind of sitting around in the cold for a long time that I personally find interesting. Though I guess it's getting warmer every year. That's true. I mean, I think the effect it has is almost for the same reason I watch scary shark videos to go to bed is because. <laughs> It's like I f- when I watch those videos and I'm like laying in my bed all cozy, I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not in the ocean right now. My bed feels so comfortable. Yeah, that's like the common like commentary if you're watching like the ball drop with people. They're just like, wow, I can't believe people would go do that. Like it looks so dis- uncomfortable. Um, uh, I feel like I would still do I'm it. Like, will they perish or will <laughs> they live? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone just wants to talk about how they use the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. People still do it. It's just like such a bucket list thing. Yeah. Yeah. The Thanksgiving parade is also very fascinating to me because it seems like one of those things that definitely could be like a lot better. Like, I don't know why they haven't like stepped it up a little bit, but I think it's because the balloon technology, like there have been accidents still like in fairly recent years, which is like, how have we not figured this out? Like, it's kind of comical that like, oh my God, like a giant balloon of underdog bumped into a signpost and like exploded in debris, like <laughs> put everyone in the hospital. Like, it's just like, what? Like, can't we can't even do pyrotechnics. We can't do some kind of like drone flying thing. So I think it, it it's, but also there's, I was reading a lot on the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade fandom wikipedia which like it was so extensive we should probably link and a lot of the most famous like balloon designers were actually ex-military engineers hmm. and so the level of like innovation was high because they're always trying to figure out how to do it like bigger and better and also did you know up until it, it took them until 1965 to have the first balloon that was like flying you know like they had the first one was underdog who was like a superhero dog and he was like horizontal flying up until then they would do even superman like standing up for some reason Hmm. and then everyone was like wait this doesn't make any sense like they all need to be like horizontal flying i just look that's really interesting the propaganda potential this used to have and how this isn't necessarily hitting the same with the american public because i'm here on the wikipedia page and in 2002, so I guess they inaugurate a new balloon every year. And mm-hmm. the balloon they inaugurated in 2002 was Uncle Sam, which is crazy because that's when the war on terror started. And they basically were like, I want you to join the military, <laughs> like at the Macy's Thanksgiving <laughs> Day Parade, which is crazy. We should pitch a, a new balloon. What What would we do? Mm. I would do one of... You know what I don't what? want? <gasps> I don't want, like, a Sanrio character. I'm sure that they've been up there, but I feel like most people our generation would be like, Moomin, Sanrio, Miffy. No. (laughs) I think you're... (laughs) I like them, too. I like them a lot, but I don't want them... I don't want them to represent our generation at scale. I think it might end up being that way, unfortunately. Well, Snoop... I think think it would be, too. If they hadn't done Snoopy, I would say Snoopy, but... They probably we could we could like revamp Snoopy, put him in, in some like jeans or something. <laughs> That's true. Put him in some low rise jeans or something. That'd be nice. I'm trying to think oh, of like no. <laughs> Snoopy's bottom would be out. Snoopy in the in the bumpsters. Um, <laughs> what do you guys think? I'm trying to think of like who I would want to see up there. I don't know, like. I hate to say it, like, well, I mean, Hello Kitty has already been one, so I guess Sanrio 
has already colonized the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. Pat Paddington has already been on there. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I think one that I would want to do is like an actual person. So honestly, like Emrata's baby or something. Yeah. You would just want to do Emrata's baby. Yeah. I agree. He's huge. Mm -hmm. He's like the size of a it could be a float already. <laughs> it could be life size, like true to size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that there hasn't been like well, it has to it can't be too graphic, but it does seem like something that would happen is like Kim Kardashian's butt, you know? Yeah. Um so that's maybe something that they would do on The Simpsons. I feel like they're gonna do the poop emoji or something this year. Oh my god. Yeah. If it was emojis, <laughs> I would die. Like <laughs> that's just too international for me. Yeah. I think this must be the last, one of the last things where I think they're pretty probably strict with, like, censorship, right? Yeah. I think it all has to be quite, like, all-American. Yeah. I wonder what's been the most controversial one. Most mm. controversial one? Probably a few, I would imagine. Yeah, hold on, let's Google this. Most Probably the one that killed people. Yeah, the M&M balloons <laughs> um, that, that got <laughs> snagged on a pole. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Oh, SeaWorld had a float that had Shamu on it, and oh. people didn't like that. But ugh, animal rights people are always kind of just pissed about that stuff. Isn't it better to have him as a float than to make him work? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. A Kermit the Frog balloon popped and was just like deflating, sadly, which is, it feels pretty controversial. Yeah, that should, that would happen to Kermit though, for sure. Oh, wait. And then in 1957, apparently Popeye was very controversial because people thought he had bad manners. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, was he kind of like a crass comic yeah well it's popeye so um i think he was just working class yeah i think he was yeah it was that's yeah what it was. he was kind of like a boozer i think it was kind of implied that he was like drunk no like he just was always slurring his words and stuff no but i i definitely think that's the association with seafaring men yeah. is that they like yeah. they're they're like they're rum but i don't know if i'm just like jack sparrow influenced with that stereotype yeah no, that's definitely that's true. accurate I th also they used to release the balloons into the sky but then oh. they would get like hit by planes and it would become really disastrous <laughs> so they stopped doing that dude the 50s were so funny yeah. they're just like oh no just let it go <laughs> it's like Fuck. Yeah. I was thinking so much about Mad Men when I was reading these facts mm -hmm. about how they didn't deflate the balloons and they would just set them free because of that obviously that scene in Mad Men where they eat a picnic and then they don't clean up any of the trash they just knock it off the picnic blanket and leave it there mm -hmm. and that reminds me a lot of the mindset that would for you to send like helium balloons into like the, the pathway of JFK airport <laughs> I would honestly love to like commission or just like reintroduce like a retired balloon for a private event, you know? Like I think it'd be really chic to at my wedding have like the dino balloon just floating above mm -hmm. a tent, you know. Big balloons are just that this is very also World's Fair. I know we've mentioned the World's Fair a few times, but it is just like kind of one of those pointless feats that would happen in the 20th century like going to the moon where it's just kind of like a flex of our technology but there's no actual like material or like utilitarian benefit to it like a big ass mm -hmm. balloon at this point in our history is just feels kind of redundant they just need to move or blink or something like something about there's they just look stupid and big and greedy and yeah, they need they need, to make <laughs> they need to guys <laughs> I, I like them. <laughs> no, I I weirdly like that about them, but like the stupidness of it. Wait, they've done like Pikachu before, right? They probably have. Yeah. Okay, I'm confused because I do they keep just like using a bunch of they the use the same ones over and over again. Yeah. I wonder mm. where they keep them. I would like to see one that looks like it's been through shit. You know. Yeah, that's like the the folded Kermit. Definitely face. It has like facelift mm -hmm. tape on it or mm -hmm. something. No, I actually don't want to see that. But Oh, I forgot about the best part about the Christmas Day Parade is that if you watch it all the way through, Santa comes. Do y'all remember this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like Santa's his debut into the season. That's so cool to me. Um, That's how it started. Yeah, they... I think they marched and then at their ending point, Santa was there and then he wooed everyone, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Wait, Flying Pikachu is actually probably my favorite one. Really? Like. I love to see one. them 
like in front of the buildings like something about it is just really nice okay so i think one thing that i was thinking about with um the release of thanksgiving by eli roth was how in the trailer the antagonist the villain the murderer is basically styled like a pilgrim and it made me think about how obviously that archetype of the pilgrim is very essential to the cultural lore of thanksgiving yet i feel though i feel that i don't ever see anyone wearing pilgrim inspired clothes on thanksgiving to the extent that you would think and alexi i know you had some interesting thoughts on the idea of a pilgrim stepper which i actually don't know if i've ever seen that word before if i have it was a long time ago so um yeah the the pilgrim steppers are they they come from this meme that's like listen ladies i know it's getting cold soon i don't want to see the pilgrim steppers this year okay please and they're these combat boots that have a pretty thin sole and they go up like above the ankle and they just lace up for some reason i I associate these a lot with like the hunger games era because i think that's when girls were wearing them yeah i had a pair of brown one of these from target yeah i think i had the black ones and they've been an integral part of fall fashion for generations this type of boot i think has possibly been replaced by the more chunky doc martens like i see like Doc Martens have just become so like basic and mainstream that people I think have phased out the Pilgrim Stepper because it's a little bit like no brand. And also since I live in Times Square, I see a lot of tourists still wearing like the more slouchy fall boots that have a little bit of like a Robin Hood um or like pre-Pilgrim vibe in that they look a little bit like European. Yeah, the Pilgrim Stepper, I mean, like, it's such a fall basic to have a good boot like that. What is, like, the cool version of a Pilgrim Stepper, honestly? Jazz shoes. What? My jazz shoes. I think the, the cool version... <clears throat> well, they're always cool on you, of course, but yeah, I think I the Pilgrim I Stepper... It's something different, It Sam. reminds me... Uh, yeah it, i feel like if i had if i, if okay. I had, the, if I had the, the jazz steppers on it would look like i had webbed toes or something like that that's what i like about the and jazz shoes, i feel like though. the jazz shoes are kind of spring but like if you really needed something to go above your ankle is what i'm talking about oh I mean, yeah I like because those yeah. those are almost like the opposite of protective footwear because yeah they're, yeah you're not wearing that into combat no 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 but <laughs> the pilgrim stepper like it it has a little too much sass and flair in it it reminds me of shaving like when people when men use shaving cream with like a brush kind of (laughs) there's something quite like hipster about it i guess in that way and then also like what's wait what did you say what's the good version of a pilgrim stepper or what could be like the chic version of it i don't know i see a lot of girls wearing the like aloha's boots type of like mid-calf almost go-go boot type of shape these days there's we're in like we're in boot paradise right yeah, now i would say i think that all sorts of leather boots have never been more fashionable i love a good riding boot as you guys know oh, oh yeah the but fry then, boot of course mm-hmm. the fry boot is is yeah got a little bit of a pilgrim swag is so necessary for thanksgiving but also you know those like hobbly shoes people wear if you're really into fashion that are like 1920s or edwardian lace-up boots oh yeah of course that have a little bit more of like a sculptural heel most of the time yes yes i would say those would look really good if you're trying to do something pilgrimy but you don't want obviously i don't even know where I mean, pilgrim steppers must be at the black friday sale to be honest yeah they like, do get they, macy's. they're definitely still on the streets yeah. no yeah they, they they still sell them at target um i see them around like I think I just saw a hairstylist a couple weeks ago that was wearing something similar. Likely. Yeah. They're just kind of a staple yeah, there was a weird... for fast fashion now, you know? Yeah, because there was a weird moment where combat boots became really popular in the mainstream. But I think this was a way of, like, formalizing them and bringing them into the, the dress code of Christian Girl Autumn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't even get the lineage because I'm like, was there a high fashion pilgrim stepper that, like, trickled down to the mainstream or did it? Wait, I thought that these were like basically, like I said, like they were riffing on the combat yeah. boot trend. Yeah, you know, I feel like they almost didn't even intend for it to be Pilgrim Stepper when they when they made them. Like, no, yeah, and then they went kind of awry with it. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, it's kind of like a more feminine version of a combat boot that doesn't have the same, like, girth. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys, but I have to go to church, and um, there's nothing more Thanksgiving than that, and I have to give my thanks to my community. No, that's okay. That's okay. Did you guys talk about Thanksgiving the movie? Um, No, we haven't really gotten super deep into it. We've mentioned it a couple times, but, I mean, I've, like, been waiting for this... Thanksgiving Eli Roth movie for many years. Um, I watched Grindhouse in like when it came out because my parents are really big Robert Rodriguez fans since he's a South Texan. And in between Death Proof and Planet Terror, they played all these like little commercials and Eli Roth directed this like little clip about Thanksgiving. And I always really wanted to see the movie at its in its full entirety. And I think it's like a really brocetti vibe to it you know it has like that high school cheerleader horror thing which i love and as i said earlier it has just so much potential based on the visceral realities of thanksgiving you know when i was watching the trailer i wanted to see what the general kind of reaction to it was especially since addison ray is apparently the lead which she's actually not featured very much in the trailer which interested me and i wondered if they're kind of like gatekeeping her for the actual movie but People in the comments were saying like, oh my God, this is such an amazing idea, kind of bringing the slasher to Thanksgiving versus kind of centering it always around Halloween. And someone also mentioned in the comments that it used to be kind of more common that there was more kind of horror movies that were around holidays Mm -hmm. that weren't necessarily about Halloween, which was reminding me of how last year I watched like Krampus. (laughs) And I I actually, I I liked it. Krampus is great. Yeah. yeah, I feel like this is obviously much probably more elevated than Krampus. I think when they were going into making Krampus, they kind of knew that they were fucking around a little bit. Mm-hmm. But this actually looks so scary. Have you seen the trailer? Yeah, I have. I am super excited. I am a really big fan of Eli Roth in general. Um, and, you know, despite his controversies. But I think it's like a... It seems just very classic, um, gross-out type movie. And I... I've been feeling the horror vibe lately. Like, I think it's true that we need to have more holiday films in general, specifically holiday horror movies, because I think that there's always a strange dimension of psychological terror surrounding every holiday because you're constantly confronting, like, your family and all of your, like, childhood traumas or whatever and trying to keep it all down and put on, like, a grinning face for that. And I think that that can result in some really Victorian psychological terror. So... Yeah, I'm excited. I also wonder what Addison Ray, what her performance will be like. Yeah, I don't know how she would do as an actress. She seems like she'd be very good at it, and she's very smiley, has that sort of final girl-esque purity that I think could be very... I Like, I, I predict that she will not die in this film. I think she will be the final girl who's mm. probably, like, the nice, sweet, but popular but virginal girl. Agreed. You know what I mean? Agreed. Yeah, I was thinking a lot about her acting journey so far as well because this is obviously the biggest role she's had. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to really conceptualize her as an actor in a sense, mm-hmm. which I think it's the same way that it's hard to imagine <laughs> but like Britney Spears as an actor. Yeah. It's like you're Addison Rae, you're playing yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you are yourself. But at the same time, I guess there's a legacy in horror of bringing in women in pop culture who people like to make fun of. So like Paris Hilton being in scary movie, right? Mm-hmm. And that sort of thing, which almost, it makes like a perfect access point for her. Yeah. Because it allows her to attach herself to the history of, yeah, people, I guess, giving some more leniency towards people who aren't taking seriously in pop culture when they do something like engage in like a horror movie it does have like the same vibe as like horror movies have always been like a really great entry point into acting because i think it's just like a very simplistic way of reacting to things you know you're just like ah like scary or like crying or something and i feel like that can be a very good introduction into things whenever you're like a novice 
But I do think it is like it feels like somebody like a musician trying to be an actor or something like when Ludacris started making movies or something. But even though she I guess she's not necessarily a musician primarily, but I do support her expanding her horizons because I do think she deserves a spot or more permanent spot in our celebrity canon. But it's hard to like imagine how we would put her there, you know? Yeah, I agree. And also, I am excited about Thanksgiving, the film, because to me, it feels very stylistically different than the predominance of the A24 wave. Yes, yes. Which I think there was just so much psychological horror with like Ari Aster, Hereditary, you know, even, I mean, I always talk about the Safdie brothers, but they're kind of genre of anxiety core mm-hmm. versus this feels something very different because it is like, there's like a level of humor about the villain being a pilgrim. It's true. They're, like, yeah, it's it's very crass and um, obscene in a way. You know, I if you see like the little short that it's based on, it's like extremely crass, you know. Um, I won't even I won't even repeat some of the things that were on there, like very crass things. But I think that's like a great B movie horror thing. Like I, I think we as a society can't the A twenty four anxiety core thing. I think did kind of wreak havoc on, on films. I I'm not a fan of A twenty four horror films at all. Is like a really big horror lover. I think that they, you know, they they turned like dramas into horror films basically, and. There's none of the uh, joie de vivre and campiness that is necessary, Mm -hmm. you know? There's, like, no levity at all. Mm -hmm. It's true. In the, yeah, like, the Ari Aster canon. Yeah, like, I think... Like, we need some gremlins. Yeah, we do. We need need Krampus. We do need Krampus. We need elves (laughs) and, like... I just watched Pet Cemetery two days ago, like ghost cats, like evil babies, like that type of thing just vibes with me more than like my mother like traumatized me. Like, oh, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, no, like I want, where's like the fucking like, like leprechaun, you know, that's going to like murder my, me on my sleep or something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I just like, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think there's like a really, there's something missing with animatronics Mm -hmm. and like the switch to cgi as well and then also there's something about returning to the trailer the mask that the villain wears i think his name is john carver it's like a guy fox-esque mask (laughs) which reminds me of like animatronics because it's like it looks like car it's like carved wood yeah and i'm just i'm feeling so delightful i feel like it's really gonna scare me and I'm excited to see I it. I am too. I was thinking we could wrap it up today with some seasonal holiday specific questions. Okay. I'll answer uh, for Alexi. Okay. That's good. Would you rather only be allowed to eat like the green beans at the Thanksgiving dinner table or the. <laughs> You have to like get one of those pre-made mixes of stuffing. Uh, <laughs> you don't you like don't really get to eat it. Like you you have to eat, like eat the mug cake version of it. Oh. So you like mix it all together. You have to microwave it and eat it from your cup. Oh my god! Okay, I think I would. I feel like a lot of people would like that. To be honest, yeah, I think that would really vibe with some pe- like Buzzfeed crowd people that are like how to make a brownie in your coffee cup. <laughs> whatever like I did that shit in college but um uh yeah I would probably honestly my mom makes these really delicious green beans that have bacon and they're like encrusted they're like they're encrusted with some sort of breaded magic and uh stuffing is very sacred to me I don't want to sully its power by microwaving it I think it needs to be very specifically prepared and since I think Thanksgiving is a very spiritually charged holiday, I don't want to like mess up the juju and I will simply mm. refrain as like a penance for, or like, I don't know, a penance for the crimes of, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. I would, I would do that. I would do the green beans. What do you think Alexi would say? I think she would also say she wants to eat my mom's bacon green beans. 
I agree, but I can also see her eating. I can see her, like, rocking out with the stuffing. That's true, because then she gets to eat. Like, I wonder what her favorite Thanksgiving food is, and I'm going to say... It reminds me of her, like, white noise diet to eat, like, stuffing in the (laughs) mug. That's so true. Yeah, she would. She would eat that, yeah. I think she would. Don't know. She's a trooper. I, I feel like I would... Something about yeah, the mug cake stuffing reminds me of like disordered eating, which we talked about mm-hmm. because it reminds me of like, oh, I'm gonna make my healthy alternative of the stuffing and I'm gonna bring it. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, I guess I would oh, I don't like I feel like the green beans I grew up with are not good. Really? Like my no Were they the soggy I, I think, ones. Like, <laughs> Kinda, yeah. yeah. And they just have that green bean juice that's so awful. Mm-hmm. But so in my green beans, my historical green beans, no. But if I could like sprinkle Allison Roman on them mm-hmm. and put the bacon in there or the ham hawk or something, she definitely put anchovies yeah, I would do in that. that shit. <laughs> I bet it would be so good. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, I don't know, but yeah, yeah, no, it would be good. But I, I'm th- thinking of like a would you rather. Where, like, a person flies away, like, <laughs> on one of the balloons, like, Charlie Brown. Um, Which balloon would you most prefer to fly away from? And there, there's, like, like think of this scenario as this media frenzy, okay. helicopters, and, you know, it's like OJ being chased down the highway, but it's you, like, hanging off of a miscellaneous balloon. Wait, like, all of them? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know all of them, but... Which one would I not want to be chased by? Um, no, which one would you not want to be, like, associated with the rest of your... I don't know. I'm like... I'm oh, the rest of my career. The rest of your career. Because you would um, fly away on it and it'd be this, like, media frenzy. So they would call you, like, Snoopy Girl or, like, Charlie <laughs> Brown Balloon Girl or whatever, you know? I feel like that is a hard question. But let me look at some pictures okay. quickly. Oh. I don't really fuck with like the Spider-Man that much, mm-hmm. but I actually really like Spider-Man obviously being in the context of his city sort of. Mm-hmm. So it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I could tell you one that I would want to be associated with. Which one? Like, I don't know if, if this is, exists in the way that I'm talking about it, but like the Coca-Cola one, I would love to be like the Coca-Cola balloon girl. Oh yeah. Like the, the polar bear polar bear or something like that i would love that i kind of yeah that's a good one i think because coca-cola i think would maybe they're really good at like sponsorship and partnership deals you could maybe build a career off of that because they partnered with the kate moss which is really random um they really yeah kind of like the audience that would understand that is very niche and small but yeah i could be the ambassador for not not Diet Coke, but full fat Coke. Yeah. The the Diet Coke advertising, like whatever, whoever's like leading that does not know what they're doing by assigning Kate Moss on there. That's too niche, too niche of a reference. Oh, they love it. People love it. I guess it's true. But what do you think Alexi would want to fly off on? I think, yeah, what do you think? I just saw one of like a vintage Donald Duck mm. and I feel like she would like that. I think she would, yeah. Like wearing a sailor costume. Oh, she would love that, yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? I, um, okay, so I like this, like, Chicken Little one a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I really like Chicken Little in general. I love that movie. I've always loved that movie, and I think there's some sort of, like, sky pun that the headlines can... This is such a complicated question. I'm sorry. I like really. I always dig myself into like a really weird abstract hole whenever I do would you rather's. But yeah, I would do Chicken Little. I think because the sky is falling references and me flying away on a balloon. You know. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's think of one last question. Um. Would you rather? Would you rather get into an accident basting a turkey or get into an accident opening up a can of cranberry sauce? Ooh. I feel like the 
basting a turkey act. And then once again, this is in the news. It's in, like the, it's in like the news. Either, Ooh. Yeah, it's in the news. Yeah. Okay, that actually like yeah. might change my answer. Because I was going to say like, <laughs> I was going to say turkey baster because that, um, I feel like there's less potential for like blood and violence with it, you know? But I feel like on a PR tip, like I just don't think that there are going to be like some very good associations with that. So honestly, I'm going to no. go, I'm going to go with the cranberry can. Um, yeah, I feel like it's more, the it's, turkey there's more honor in, in getting in an accident <laughs> with the cranberry can than the turkey baster, you know? I know. I would just feel so bad for someone that got like sliced by the cranberry sauce, but the turkey baster, like, what would happen? it's pretty unforgivable. <laughs> It'd be over for me. I'd be finished. It'd be so over for you. <laughs> I would have to change my name or something. Like, like it's really bad. You can't be named Sam Cummins. No, I can't have had turkey baster accident. No, literally. Yeah, like, like the, the jokes are writing themselves with that one. Like I can't. I can't do that. I cannot associate myself um, no, with the turkey baster. Agreed. Oh God, Jesus. Yeah, I think. I think. I think we all agree. Probably. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's um, the New York Post of a field day with that one um agreed so sam do you should we do like that thing we talked about with like discussion questions at the end oh yeah or yeah let me, okay. let me ask the listeners everybody uh we wanted to introduce this little segment we like to call discord discussion we'll probably rebrand that and rename that at some but uh we really discord discourse discord discourse that's kind of it's kind of ago but uh whatever i like that i like it i do but we wanted to kind of open up the floor for discussion in our discord and interact with you guys a little bit more because i feel like there's always so much more to say after these episodes are concluded mm-hmm. um and i know for me personally i want to hear what your spiritual associations with pilgrims are. That's a subject I think about every single day, I think. And uh, I want to know what the general public thinks about this. So if you guys want to ask me or discuss that with me in Discord, go ahead. Is there anything you would like to talk more about, Biz? Yeah. I want to know how everyone feels about Thanksgiving the movie. Maybe even once it comes out, we can actually, you know, circle back on that. But I also feel like I want to know if people have like an association with living living room glam so they can like look back at it and be like, yeah, when I was like 18, I wore this like specific smoky eye that I still remember. Mm. Or it could be like what your mom, you know, your mom basing the turkey with like false eyelashes. So that sort of thing. And then... What else? I mean, maybe send, look at your oh, snap memories. we gotta know. Oh, yeah, look at the snap memories. But we gotta know, we gotta know if you had the, if you had the pilgrim steppers. Yeah. Yeah. And where, where did you get them from, too? Because I think uh, we yeah. need to zero in on the main distributor of these things. Yeah, it's a bit of a mistake. It's, oh, there's a bunch of boys here now. Oh, no. It's so embarrassing. Do they know about Thanksgiving? Uh, Are they all British? No, they're all British. Ah. Um. All right, well, we can wrap up. Yeah. Um, and then Alexi probably will want to continue the discussion on Discord as well. So, um, yeah, yeah. Hit us up on there. (laughs) Um, yeah, we're very thankful for all you listeners. Yes. You know, you guys are our little turkeys. Mm -hmm. I wish I had like a Thanksgiving pun. We we're very grateful for you this Thanksgiving. We wish we could break bread Mm -hmm. with you in the spirit of family and gratefulness and, conviviality so just think Mm -hmm. of us as spiritually there with you at the thanksgiving table sampling your delicious foods um and yeah hug your family this thanksgiving um take advantage yeah Yeah. do not get involved with the turkey baster Mm -mm. Mm -mm. be really careful no accidents this year guys be really careful with that one yeah we're trying to make this a a really good thanksgiving no bad headlines yeah Mm mm-mm All right. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Bye.